0: I'm Maddie,
1: and I'm David,
0: and you are listening to Legend Logic. So here we are. actually doing how long have we been trying to put this podcast together
1: so so long so here we are
0: here we are so what is legend logic david
1: um well so we named it legend logic because we're both really interested in like legend and lore and weird history and stuff like that but we approach it from very different sides. Where I tend to be very skeptical and I assume things are not what they seem to be. Like like hauntings and stuff, I assume they're not what they seem to be until right. I'm proven that they are.
0: Yeah, and see, I'm much more like prone to not necessarily believing everything I hear, but definitely wanting to believe way more than you. Mm-hmm. That the world is cool and fascinating and mysterious and that there are things we can't explain. I think it'll be really interesting when we tell these stories because you are 100% gonna be like no to everything, and I'm gonna be like yes to everything. Yeah,
1: I was gonna say we're gonna have a little bit of a debate, and I think that that'll be like a cool part for you guys as the audience to like engage with if we get a get some things. <laughs>
0: Even if none of you listen to this ever, then we'll still have lots of hours of us talking about fun stuff that we can enjoy. So it's fine. We should talk for a quick second about how we pick our episode topics. Yeah. Uh, So a while back when I first came up with this idea, I started thinking about the things that I would want to talk about and then just keeping a running list of all the topics that seemed interesting to me. So we actually have a list of probably... I would say about 500 topics at this point, Mm -hmm. and they're not like specific places or specific things. They are more categories. So for example, the category could be pirates. The category could be vampires. The category could be founding fathers. The category could be the origins of words. Like Mm -hmm. pretty much anything interesting about our planet Earth that you could think of is in a category in a big Google Doc that I then turned into tiny little pieces of paper that are all stuffed into a treasure chest looking thing. (laughs) And every time that we get ready to record an episode, we are going to pick one of those tiny pieces of paper out of that box and figure out what we're going to talk about.
1: Yeah, but um, to be honest, we didn't do that for this first one. We just no. sort of, mm-hmm. we we picked what we thought was a good starter topic. Yes. So, absolutely. And, and, and what is that starting starter topic, uh, Maddie?
0: That starting topic is haunted houses.
1: And I think as soon as we picked our first topic, I think immediately what popped into my mind is the fact that we'll probably choose our stories for very different reasons. Oh, like, absolutely. Like, I feel like because I come at it from sort of very hard logical skeptical point of view I will want to choose like more famous stories whereas I feel like you want to tell more stories that maybe more people haven't heard
0: yeah I would agree with that for sure I've spent a lot of years reading about just weird things in general so I feel like I I have more uh, uh, encyclopedic knowledge in my brain that I can share
1: oh for sure there there are very few Legend stories, true crime stories that she hasn't heard before. So, yeah,
0: hopefully, I bring you guys something that you haven't heard yet. So, we are starting with you, David.
1: Yeah, I think that I chose a story that a lot of people recognize. Sure. And that is the Winchester Mystery House. You know about this story. Oh, I
0: know a decent amount about this place. A decent amount. A decent amount.
1: Let's start from the beginning with our matriarch. Sarah Lockwood Pardee Winchester.
0: That's a name.
1: Yeah, there are a whole lot of names in there. I particularly like the Lockwood part. I like the Pardee. Pardee is interesting, Mm -hmm. for sure. She was born in 1840 in New Haven, Connecticut, to a financially stable and progressive family. So, I mean, honestly, goals. We Yeah, we we love love...
0: a financially stable, progressive family.
1: we love those things. She was very intelligent, learning four languages, and had a reputation as a very good all-around student. On top of that, she was very beautiful and is said to have been very sought after. Oh. Even garnering the title Belle of New Haven.
0: Somebody call me the Belle of something immediately. I know.
1: Amazing title. I love that. Yeah. Of all her suitors, it seems one William Winchester, also of New Haven, won out and they married on September 30th, 1862.
0: Oh, we love love.
1: Due to the size of the community and the social dynamics of the time, with the two both being sort of from wealthy families, the two probably knew each other since birth. So that's really cute. That is cute. Her father-in-law was a successful businessman in multiple industries, but William made the decision to sell his interests in all other businesses and focus entirely on one, the newly established Winchester Repeating Arms.
0: That's a gun, right? Right, You're yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm, like, I'm like, I don't know those words. Yeah, I
1: was going to say, when I was writing this, I wasn't sure if that if it was super knows. obvious. Yeah, yeah but. no. This business was immensely successful to the extent that the 1873 Winchester Rifle became known as the gun that won the West. As you might have guessed, as this is the background story of a supposedly haunted house, things take a tragic turn. In June of 1866, Sarah gave birth to a daughter they named Annie. But she was unable to process calories and died malnourished six weeks later. And she never had any other children. And then, unfortunately, in March March of 1881, after a long battle with tuberculosis, William himself passed away as well.
0: Oh, tuberculosis, the big T. Yeah. It takes out a lot of people.
1: <laughs> oh, no. The big T. Oh, I haven't heard it called that before, but I'm on board. About five years later... In 1886, now that the West was supposedly won thanks to the Winchester rifle, Sarah had decided she would check it out and bought a 40-acre plot of land in San Jose, which included an eight-room cottage. It would very much not remain an eight-room cottage, and this is sort of where things go off the rails a little bit. From 1886, when she bought the cottage, to 1922, for our mathematically challenged friends, that's about 36 years, Construction seemingly never stopped. She employed construction crews around the clock. That eight room cottage grew. Now, get ready for a lot of numbers to be thrown at you here. Okay. That eight room cottage grew to have 24,000 square feet, 10,000 windows, 2,000 doors, 160 rooms. Fifty-two skylights. We don't have any skylights, so like maybe we can get Dear a couple Lord, of those. I yeah. don't know. Um, forty-seven stairways and fireplaces, seventeen chimneys. So those statistics are are kind of weird because I wrote them down sort of as I read them. Yeah. And when it says forty-seven stairways and fireplaces, I'm not sure if that like includes both.
0: I would assume it includes both because how could you only have 17 chimneys and and 47 47 fireplaces? fireplaces, I mean, they probably all feed into each other, but still, that seems like imbalanced.
1: Either way, just sort of an interesting way to list those statistics um anyway it included 13 bathrooms which i honestly felt like was kind of small that is really to small the well, sort of all the other things like yeah. you have 17 chimneys but only 13 bathrooms
0: you have what was it 120 rooms or 160 something? 160 yeah. rooms and only 13 of them are bathrooms Pretty that's wild
1: wild priorities yeah um it also had six kitchens and was valued at five million dollars in 1923 which would be about $71 million today.
0: Oh, I love an inflation calculation. Yeah. Thank you. Oh,
1: sure, sure, sure. Didn't know you were so into that. I I'm am. Glad, I like it a lot. of people telling me that. Due to an earthquake in 1906, some parts of the house were damaged and expansion slowed. Sarah spent much of her final years in another home, leaving the mansion in disrepair. She passed away of congestive heart failure on September 5th of 1922. Um, unsurprisingly, this home was already very famous upon Sarah's death in 1922. Um, it was quickly sold to John H. Brown, who opened the home up to the public on June 30th, 1923. So pretty quick turnaround, especially given that the, the fact that the house was already in disrepair when she passed away. It is on the national register of historical places and was designated a California historical landmark. So
0: it can't, nobody can take it down.
1: Right. Now let's get into... You know, the segment of things that you will probably find really fun, um, the ghost stories.
0: Love it. Give them to me.
1: This house was clearly massive, as we already talked about, but there are a lot of large houses. So I want to talk a little bit, before we get into specifics about the ghost stories, I want to say sort of additionally why this house is so interesting. Because it's not just large, like it's not just interesting because it has all these doors and things and such. What made the house particularly notable is that a lot of things about it just seemingly don't make sense stairways and ceilings um, doors open straight to walls and big rooms even contain smaller rooms um, at some places.
0: What I want to know is when they're counting rooms the 160 rooms, Mm -hmm. do they count the room that has a smaller room in it as two rooms?
1: I would imagine they do because okay. they're probably just trying to get as many numbers as they can. So I would, I would imagine they're counting everything they can. I
0: yeah. would also like to see some stairs that go to, to into a ceiling. Yeah, I think that would be fun.
1: Um, So what supposedly haunts this home and what does it being so strange have to do with it? Is it just... A large house that is sort of has some interesting architecture and then it's also haunted or are these two things connected in some way let's find out according to legend sarah believed the deaths of her daughter and husband were karmic payback for all of those killed by the winchester rifles
0: i get the logic for sure because if the winchester rifle has killed so many mm-hmm. If karma like does have to come back on you yeah. you're gonna lose people but I also feel like she didn't invent it so why Correct. is it karmic payback on her like is it just like the family karmic yeah payback, I, I feel
1: like family and family names like meant more back then and have sure. definitely become have those things have come to mean less and less as time has gone on um, but I think the fact that she was connected to that name I mean she had you know the last name winchester for a really long time and that's essentially known worldwide as being you know it, it's known for the rifle so
0: okay i'm following you
1: yeah supposedly she consulted a medium who told her that she needed to keep building the home to pacify the spirits of the dead
0: i want an interview session with that medium
1: yeah Um, But did the medium even exist? We'll get into it a little bit. It is said that she had a seance room in which she communicated with ghosts that told her how to design the interior. So she was getting some some architectural advice from some ghosts, apparently, according to legend. Again, this is all... I'm
0: sorry if I were a ghost in some older lady was like calling out for architecture advice Mm -hmm. I would be like I got you here let me just tell you all the things even though I have no architecture knowledge at all
1: yeah right but yeah and and again like everything I'm saying right now is Essentially like the Hollywood story um, sure. for her. Like this, these are not all verified facts. I'm just giving you sort of the, the baseline story that most people know. He had to tell you that,
0: that these weren't all facts because that's how his brain works.
1: We will get into this. We will, we'll we'll get into the, the legend versus logic debate here in a second. But I just wanted to, you know, I, I wanted everyone to know. Um, some specific hauntings that guests claim to have experienced include sightings of the spirit of a former caretaker named Clyde, among others. Clyde is also sometimes referred to as the wheelbarrow ghost.
0: What word are you saying?
1: Wheelbarrow. It's
0: wheelbarrow.
1: That is not correct.
0: The word wheelbarrow?
1: It's not wheelbarrow, it's wheelbarrow. (laughs) It's
0: wheelbarrow. No, I promise you. It's wheelbarrow.
1: Guys, she really believes it's wheelbarrow. what? It's a wheelbarrow. No. Yes. No. Yes. You can look it up right now. Look it up right now. Oh, my
0: God. No. I want
1: hear the reveal right here.
0: Mom, Dad, if you're listening, what did you?
1: Oh, she just figured out how to spell wheelbarrow correctly.
0: Guys, <laughs> I thought it was wheelbarrow.
1: You work in the construction tree.
0: Leave me alone.
1: So sorry. I, I'm, I'm sorry you had to have that, have that realization right here I'm live. Sweating. On I'm sweating. I'm stressed
0: podcast. out. <laughs> Anyway, moving forward.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, People have claimed to see Clyde, or aka the wheelbarrow ghost, in the grand ballroom as well as the basement, working on the fireplace or pushing a wheelbarrow full of ash or coal. This sort of fits in a category known as residual hauntings, which are my favorite type of ghost story that I like to hear about. Residual hauntings are sort of that type of haunting where you continue to see the ghost of a person doing something over and over again that they happen to do in real life. Essentially, the story is that Clyde is just stuck in this infinite loop as a ghost where he's just carrying wheelbarrows of coal working on the fireplace and he's just doing this in a loop over and over and over again.
0: But I've also heard it. I'm going to just inter- no, interject sure. here for a second. It's There are a couple of different like um, theories, I guess, on that because there are some people that would tell you that like their spirit is caught in that, meaning that mm-hmm. Clyde is like sentient in that and mm-hmm. that he has to relive that over and over okay. again, like a purgatory. Yeah. And but a, a large amount of people, including myself, if those are real, it's just like residual energy. Okay. Like he did that so much, or he was passionate about it so much, mm-hmm. or that moment for whatever reason the energy of that was like imprinted on the house. Mm -hmm. And I like to think of that one better if this, if it exists at all, because then Clyde's not just like stuck somewhere. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I, I feel like it's one of my favorite types of hauntings and types of ghost stories, because I don't think of it as like a really negative thing. I feel like, you know, this is something he did continuously in his real life. And he probably hopefully loved the house and, You know, the energy of what it once was continues to exist there. I sort of like that idea, and that's sort of why I like residual hauntings. But there are a lot of other supposed um, hauntings that occur in this house. A lot of people have also reported what are known as intelligent hauntings. Um, which include things like tugs on clothing during tours, like that type of thing. Um, so like
0: sentient beings that are thinking.
1: Yeah, and are like actively doing things to like mess with people.
0: So those are the ones that are kind of like, if someone's there, tap on the wall three times and they yeah. supposedly could. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, 100%. Shadow people are actually the most nope. commonly reported supernatural occurrence.
0: Absolutely not. I would nope, 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 nope. Carry on. <laughs> like, No.
1: Maddie's um, listened to a lot of podcasts about shadow people and she's not a fan.
0: Nope.
1: Sort of in reference to this, I have to mention a picture, um, a pretty famous picture of the um, Winchester Mystery House that is on their official website. Supposedly, some people say they see something in a second floor window in this picture. And it's interesting because the picture is actually, you know, just completely middle of the day. And there are actually people working on the house. I think there's someone in the garden. It looks like there might be something in a second floor window that looks a little spooky.
0: We'll definitely link the website. That way you guys can at least go check it out.
1: Yeah. Um, And I wanted to share this specific sort of haunting story that I thought was kind of cool. There was a maintenance worker who worked at the house named Denny, who reported one morning hearing footsteps above him in the water tower. Now... This water tower is not an area that is normally open to the public. So he heard this and he was like, well, I need to go tell these people that they're not supposed to be here. Right. He ended up following them all the way up the three story structure. And he did that because he was trying to find where they are. But he swore that he could hear them just a few steps in front of him, like just like a step out of view of where he was. And. They just continued to be a step out of view, like, the entire way up as he was going up. Mm -hmm. He followed them all the way up to the roof. But when he got to the roof, there was no one in sight. And he never found anybody, never found a source of where those footstep noises could have been coming from. So I thought that was interesting. Sure. Yeah.
0: I'm not going to interject my comments until you tell me. We're we're, we're debating. (laughs) Well,
1: we're about to get into this um, conversation a little bit. I went over this a little bit in the intro, but I just want to say this, since this is our first episode, my first episode, the first time we're having one of these types of conversations. I just want to say that I am a skeptic. I'm the quote unquote logic side of the Legend Logic podcast, but I'm not a skeptic in the sense that I don't believe in spirits or that I don't believe in anything I can't see or anything like that. In fact, I consider myself to be a very spiritual person and I certainly believe in spirits of all kinds. I think hauntings do happen in some sense, but I do think a lot of things are deemed to have spiritual causes when that is not the case. I think more often than not things have a very concrete and practical explanation. And and notice I did say concrete and practical explanation as opposed to quote unquote a rational explanation, because I don't necessarily think that a spiritual explanation is inherently irrational. But that being said. The Winchester Mystery House, when it comes to the question of haunted or not haunted, I am as confident as I can be without having actually been to the house myself and saying that it is almost certainly not haunted okay what it what? what's your initial thought but so before this... before i get into the reasons why i argue it's not haunted yeah. i want to hear what you have to say
0: so because you got to give your explanation i guess that i will give mine mm-hmm. not to sound all like woohoo or anything or make mm-hmm. people turn off this podcast thinking that i'm a little off i go based off a lot of feeling mm-hmm. um how a place makes me feel I guess you could say the vibe I get from the place. So yeah. having not been there at all, yeah. I think I'm hesitant to call anything ha- haunted until I've been there. Sure. Do I believe that people had experiences there that probably changed their life, that scared them, that whatever? Yes, I absolutely believe those people. You don't want that kind of attention. You Like if you mm-hmm. are gonna tell this story and you're gonna say this happened to me in this place, a lot of people are gonna look at you and call you, and I don't like using this word, but quote unquote crazy. Mm-hmm. And you, you don't want that. Like nobody asks for that kind of negative attention, I don't think. But maybe there are lots of people out there that want to make stuff up like that. Hmm. At any rate, normally when you watch videos of people recounting these stories, there's real fear or yeah. there's real intrigue or there's there's something in their eye that you're like, yes, I believe that you experienced this. So do I believe all those people? Yes, but I would absolutely not say it's haunted without walking through the doors myself.
1: Okay. So I just want to go off of this really quick. when you say that you don't think people want a lot of negative attention, I would argue that's not necessarily true. I think people seek attention and recognition for a lot of reasons, um, even if it is negative sometimes. But in saying that you don't think people want that negative attention and they wouldn't make things up or things like that. Do you think every time someone has reported some sort of spiritual occurrence, do you think that there was actually some spiritual occurrence that took place anytime someone did and no one has ever made it up or anything like that? No. Right.
0: So I I would venture to say that people have probably had what they worked through in their mind Mm -hmm. and considered a spiritual experience but maybe there was an explanation behind it Mm -hmm. but like i said i don't i don't know without walking into that house myself i wouldn't discount or you know credit this place as being haunted
1: yeah i think a lot of the sort of fake or hoax sort of spiritual experiences people have in places like this, I think some of them are due to, you know, purely people making it up. But I also think that the mind is a really powerful thing and people can think they experience things that they didn't actually do. Sure. And I think that's probably the source of more than people just purely making them up.
0: Okay. I would agree with that.
1: Yeah. I'm going to go into some of the reasons now why I would argue it's not haunted. And a lot of these come from, I have to say... Um, from an article that I read in the San Francisco Gate that references a lot to a book, um, which I want to mention here, that, w- that is entitled Captive of the Labyrinth, Sarah L. Winchester Heiress to the rifle Fortune, which, first of all, just amazing name. First of all, Captive Mm -hmm. of the Labyrinth. What an amazing title for a book. But she was
0: the Belle of New Haven and now she's the Captain of the Labyrinth.
1: Captive of the Labyrinth. Captive. My bad. I
0: would rather be the captain, but that's
1: fine. As would I. Um, But yeah, I just wanted to mention that book um, because I think it does as well take a very skeptical viewpoint of this story. Um, And so a lot of the reasons for why I do not think it is actually haunted a lot of that information came from this book. The first reason is the strange construction of the house has its roots in multiple things that have nothing to do with ghosts for one the earthquake i mentioned earlier that slowed construction of the house also actually toppled a seven-story tower and the upper floors of the mansion so it did damage the mansion quite significantly and it's been thought that this can explain some of the strange structure of the house as perhaps When certain parts were damaged, instead of rebuilding everything as it was, perhaps they just closed off some of those sections and ended a stairway at a ceiling, perhaps, instead of rebuilding where that stairway originally led to. Sarah also apparently had her own ideas of architecture um, and had plans to hire architects to design the additional construction of the house, but she parted ways with them and tried to draw up plans herself but she had no experience or training in architecture. And so things didn't always go super well. So that's like one of the big reasons that I repeat this story. But additionally, the existence of a medium that Sarah ever consulted with is a highly debated fact, you know, that it is not a concrete fact that Sarah ever consulted with any medium or had conversations of that kind whatsoever, potentially a purely made up fact. The workers themselves who worked on the house didn't believe she was crazy or communicated with the dead whatsoever. They simply thought she was a recluse. And her lawyer also reported she was very sane and clear-headed. So it seems these negative ideas of her as quote-unquote crazy or spoke with the dead on regular occasions or anything like that, it seems like those ideas must have come from people who were not close to the situation and didn't have firsthand experience with Sarah herself. She was reclusive, and she spent large amounts of money on seemingly trivial construction during an economic depression at the time, which caused her to be demonized in the community around her, and she didn't do much to stop it. And so I think that's potentially where a lot of negative ideas about her came from. It's thought that she might have actually been building to keep people employed, so that continuous construction, you know, a lot of people thought maybe it was negative for that for the economy at the time, but maybe she was actually trying to help. And I think it probably did help in some ways, at least for those people she was employing to, to continue building. And she actually gave most of her things to charity when she passed away as well. So I think that's a good insight into what her character was. It's thought that she wanted a house, a large house, in, in the first place in order to have all of her family in one house at one point. So after her husband died... And she decided to move west it's likely that move initially was motivated by wanting to be near family i guess she supposedly had family out in the san jose area to start out with and it's thought that maybe she wanted to be build a really big house in order so that she could be really really close to um, all of her family at some point perhaps she was simply an eccentric person and she actually had plans to build a medieval style castle in california in addition to this house that is already famous can you imagine if she also had built a medieval style castle no but the plan never came to fruition unfortunately um probably largely due to her continued construction on the house the economic depression probably for a lot of reasons in addition the john h brown that purchased the house when she passed away and then opened it up to the public he was conveniently a theme park worker who designed Roller coasters,
0: so very like P. T. Barnum.
1: Yeah, and sort of has you know, you know, a large, um,
0: a large reason to make people believe. That yeah, was
1: he had a knack for entertainment mm-hmm. and wanted simply wanted to build an attraction rather than, you know, open it up for historic reasons. And when he bought it, he really played up the house's strangeness um, in order to attract visitors, and likely that's where a lot of the sort of spooky aspects of the story began potentially and I also just wanted to shout out because a lot a large part of the reason why I'm so aware of this house and everything is because I have a friend who I met a long time ago who worked as a tour guide for um, at the Winchester Mystery House for a long time and she actually holds Sarah Winchester in very high regard like she's really looked at as this matriarch to be respected who built this really cool house and i think that not a lot of people who legitimately had spooky haunted houses are usually regarded in that way sure um so i think that's an interesting fact as well and i also just wanted to mention the in addition to the uh san francisco gate and the book that i mentioned the rest of my research came from the winchester mystery house website itself and then a biography page on biography.com of sarah winchester herself so and those are all the reasons that i have we, <laughs> do do you have anything to refute about all those because that no. seems like a lot of evidence um that goes towards you know this is it's gonna, just a it's just a crazy house
0: this is gonna sound like the logic and logic podcast right now but i definitely agree with all of the research that you did for sure uh i when confronted with evidence, like I'm going to agree with you, like mm-hmm. I'm never going to believe just to disagree with you. Sure. However, I do feel that if this place is haunted, in my mind, it would probably be more on the side of the human mind is powerful and there is a collective agreement that it's haunted so when you go in there you you feel like you're spooked mm-hmm. and you're the weirdness of it is what like heightens your awareness of literally anything that happens to you sure. whether it's a, a bump or a creak or a whatever mm-hmm. so I'm not going to go out on a limb and, you know, die on this hill that it's haunted, for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, But I do think that living humans can haunt a place by sheer belief as well. So if it's haunted, that could also be why. Mm
1: -hmm. But so it sounds like we both agree, though, that in like the traditional sense of the word haunted, Winchester Mystery House, probably not that.
0: Yeah, I guess I agree with you. Ooh. But but wait, but wait, when we go there someday, mm-hmm. I'll let you know again after okay. that.
1: Yeah. And I think that's definitely valid. I think when it comes to hauntings, um, sort of the quote unquote vibes that you were talking about earlier are really important. When it comes to that, but just looking from an evidence perspective, um, it sounds like I won this one. I'm just saying this
0: isn't a win lose game. This is a discussion.
1: Fair, but are we going to start I keeping mean, scores? No, is that what's about to no, happen? we don't necessarily need to do that. But I'm just saying <laughs> we're going to get like,
0: a chalkboard that's like yeah, like yeah, me yeah. one, you zero.
1: <laughs> Probably not that extreme, but I'm just saying like if anybody you know is making this a game, I think I won this one.
0: All right. Well, we. Hope that you enjoyed this. Go check out the Winchester Mystery House's website. You can follow us on Instagram at Podcast, or you can email us at legendlogicpodcast at gmail.com and we hope you keep listening.
1: Yeah, definitely. And we are, you know, obviously we're just starting out. So anybody that listens to this and finds it interesting, definitely let us know. We'd love to hear from any listeners.
0: All right, we will see you next time. Bye!